0: Which, first of all, that truck looked fine to me. Oh yeah, that's. A I'm fine not truck. a car guy, but like that truck looked relatively new, and the interior was not tore up. Yeah, like
1: Ben Affleck just needs like a new beer fridge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think that like if I had their lifestyle, I could definitely make do with two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 550 with a review of Triple Frontier. I'm Christopher Schnaese.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Except, of course, this week, because we did not review anything that is coming to a theater near you. But we did... Watch a little film called Triple Frontier, which is a new action film that just came out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bi-week we have going on here, um, but uh, we wanted to get out another review for you. And uh, why not talk about the next Netflix thing? I feel like Netflix is starting to become, (laughs) like, several reviews a month are now coming from Netflix. Oh, I know, yeah.
1: It's becoming a big thing. But I'm just glad they can elevate untold stories and make... Dads feel seen all across America with movies <laughs> like *Triple Frontier*. Really, uh, who else would make a movie about a bunch of dudes fighting in Latin America? It's never been done.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess that's a little sneak preview <laughs> of what's going to be coming in nah, just a I, moment. Was,
1: I don't know if you saw Netflix's PR snafu over Twitter the last week, where they they canceled the show and then they tweeted like a PR thing about like if this show made you feel seen, please know that your story matters to us and we're going to continue to be the network that does... It's like, you can't fucking cancel a show and then take the high horse about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, unfortunate. I don't know what that show was. (laughs) I don't
1: remember. I... It was something where the name sounded a lot like a soap opera, and I probably should have looked it up before mentioning that rant. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to. But no, this I, is like raw.
0: I, I after you brought it up, I remember the stories of the show being canceled. And I was like, I don't know what that show is though, so I didn't, am not affected by it. Mm. So me neither. But uh, what I am affected by potentially <laughs> is is this film Triple Frontier, which. Uh, I mean, I guess we should. I guess we should get out. Um, last time we did a, a Netflix film, we talked about both watching it on an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch this film again on an iPad?
1: No, but God, I wasn't going to admit this on the podcast.
0: You watched it on the toilet. No.
1: <laughs> Tor- <laughs> Toilets don't screen phones yet. <laughs> um. No, that I watched the beginning of this movie. On my phone on a plane because that's the only thing that Netflix lets you like download offline i didn't have an iPad with me, um, but then I rewatched all of it at home on Netflix because I want to give it a fair shake. don't okay. want to be that guy who judges based on a phone screen <laughs> viewing
0: so uh, here's the question the point you stopped while on your phone had they even completed the recce yet
1: uh the point that I stopped, they were entering the
0: house, I okay, think. Okay, cool. Yeah. um, uh, Cool. So uh, what do you say, Stephen, when we get into this review? Can't wait. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Triple Frontier and then come back and bring you guys a review. First things first. Any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. this has got to be now. There is no ground support.
1: The injuries we sustain,
0: we're walking out with. Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. Everything we've done for the last 17 years there's nothing to show for it. You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to, to, to send them. your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life. I'm your masters of war. The question is, do we finally get to use our skills for our own benefit? We're going to get Gabrielle over here. He's got over $75 million in cash.
1: If we're not gone
0: forever after you make your move, we are dead.
1: We need to hunt quickly.
0: You, you cannot think they will find us. It's always a little harder than you think it's going to be. We don't need messages like that. This is not what i
1: signed up for a lot of people are gonna come after you so we go through
0: all right so that was the trailer for triple frontier um it is a uh, fun little romp through <laughs> through some places in Brazil. And uh, essentially it is about a bunch of soldiers, some of them ex-soldiers, some of them seemingly partially current soldiers. Um, But they're all in different places in their life, but they've all served a bunch of tours and whatever a while back. And uh, now one of them has found out about this um, drug lord um, somewhere in Brazil and uh, finds out that he just has a shit ton of cash um, inside his house And they kind of come up with a plan to go take him out, because, I mean, clearly he's a drug lord, so he's a bad dude. Um, So they decide to go take him out, steal as much money as they can, and hopefully sneak back to the United States, where they can make up for the fact that the U.S. government has kind of abandoned them and not really given them anything. You know, they served all this time, and they can't even buy a house or sell a condo or buy a truck. I forget Mm -hmm. which one they're supposed to be doing. Um, But essentially, they're like, we haven't been helped. We got to get paid. Um, and, uh, instead of storming, uh, Alcatraz <laughs> and putting VX gas there, they decide to take on a, uh, drug Lord and just start to steal his money. Um, so. Lorea. <laughs> the curse of la Lorea. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be an apt name for this film, actually. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, spoilers. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Triple Frontier?
1: I thought this was... Uh, oh, okay. So I think the first half of this movie is extraordinarily generic dad rock movie. Like, as generic dad rock as you can get. I think it's exemplified... Uh, I, I mean, pretty pretty much any character actually <laughs> exemplifies this, but Ben Affleck especially. Just grizzly <laughs> Ben Affleck <laughs> with a beard, making a stoic-looking face, having a conversation. I, I referenced it before when we opened our beer... Talking to Oscar Isaac, like, you still drink
0: beer? <laughs> this is also a yeah. guy who is separated from his wife, wants his kid to love him, but picks him up and immediately starts chugging exactly, some beers yeah. as he's driving her to they wherever he's in going. The car.
1: And this is just dads across America, right? It's yeah. like, I don't have a relationship with my kids. My my ex is a stone cold bitch. So I just want to go shoot somebody, right? Like, the, <laughs> the, like the, I, I mean, the, the movie. I mean, it is claiming to be about, like, politically disaffected people who they were left behind after serving in the military, you know, for a variety of real reasons. Like, we don't pay veterans enough. Like, services are not very good afterwards. And so they're forced to go on this journey instead. But I feel like despite it being, a like, a pretty decently stacked cast, like you and I were joking before that this is, like— the, the knockoff cast of uh lone survivor but it's not really like at this point they're, like, they're
0: both knockoff casts of each other
1: yeah because at this point like oscar isaac is a huge star you got ben affleck in there um <laughs> i feel like
0: <laughs> that was a little little subtle dig <laughs> in little, Ben Affleck. Yeah,
1: exactly uh Gar- garrett headland i feel like has been in a bunch of stuff lately charlie hunnam uh, game of thrones dude like these are all people who are pretty recognizable and the director also, JC Shandor, I remember like when A Most Dangerous Year or A Most Violent Year Most violent came out. Year, yeah. yeah, when that came out, critics were all about that movie. I never caught it, or All Is Lost, or Margin Call, so I didn't know nothing about him. But he's kind of like a critical darling, I think. Uh Catherine Bigelow had been set to direct this movie before. It was written by the guy who did Zero Dark Thirty and the Hurt Locker and all these other movies. Like it looks like a movie that should be really awesome, right? But, for a movie with that many good talented people involved, I feel like the characters are like not even there like like there's nothing about any of these characters that I feel like I've learned from watching it, especially the first hour of it. It's just we're watching Oscar Isaac do his little like i'm sir I'm becoming disaffected with the the narco situation and we're we're like introduced to all these people, but there there's no substance to it as far as I can tell. It's just like cutting to scene after scene of. Very obvious, nothingness. (laughs) Like, like it's very bland. I feel like it was a very bland movie, and the pacing is such that, like, by the time they go into the house after they do their recon mission, you're. I I was thinking like, nothing surprising has happened yet, but this movie still has like an hour and twenty minutes to go. (laughs) What the hell am I watching? (laughs) Like, what what is going on? And I just feel like the way tension is built is not very good. And then, like, the second half, things go off the rails a little bit, and it at least became entertaining. I don't think it became very good, (laughs) but it became, like, amusing to watch after that point. And in the end, I just feel like it's – it's like a very dad rock movie that has a very mixed set of messages, like, kind of Sicario, but not really. I think it's more like 13 Hours, the (laughs) the movie about Benghazi, where they're all – the Dis- other, other knockoff ex- cast. Yeah, like <laughs> disaffected former soldiers who are fighting for a variety of reasons, and it isn't pro or anti anything. It's just about, like, the war is hell, hoorah type mantra. And it, I don't know, it it gets to a bunch of morally messy areas, and I just feel like it doesn't do anything to deserve it. It's just kind of like a bland movie. But it it looks good, like, at least... <laughs> The second half I thought was pretty. Like I I like the location in the Andes.
0: Solid rain effects on the house. Sure.
1: Solid (laughs) solid rain effects. Like I I, I don't. Good donkey CG. It looks like a real movie, which is why it's so weird to me that just nothing fucking happens that make it makes it deserve to be a movie, except for a cast that is just good enough to keep it mildly amusing most of the way through. Otherwise, it was very mad to me.
0: So, so I like this movie. (laughs) Hot damn! Um, I I mean, I don't like it in a I can justify it kind of way, but I think it is a a fairly interesting film. I think from the get go, I was surprised that it wasn't just the "Yo man, we got to get our we got to get paid and we got to do one last job." It was sort of this guy, kind of having a legit reason to put together. Basically, was it was it was a military contractor who was already doing work for a foreign power uh, trying to freelance with his buddies to take on a mission that would get them a good payday, right? Mm -hmm. This wasn't just the, hey, I have the inside scoop on something, let's go do it. As the film progresses, it kind of becomes more that, but from the beginning, the plan and how everybody gets together seems more based on, like, actually trying to do good and just trying to get paid while you're doing that good, right? And I think that was a good, I don't know, it, it it could have been a good twist on the formula if it didn't turn into the exact same formula going mm-hmm. forward. But I think that the, the the characters are sort of aware of the type of film they're in. And it's not just that they're, like, disaffected. It's like, they're just like, I don't give a fuck. Let's go shoot some stuff, right? And yeah. it's like, it, it, it's not super hoorah. It's sort of just like, let's go be proficient and do a thing and get paid. Yeah. And I think that kind of changed... they're not
1: that pr- proficient, even. <laughs>
0: but, I mean, I, I think I think they are... When they are doing, it's 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 like imagine if uh, you're watching like the a team and they do the whole thing about talking about how the mission's gonna go, and then everything went wrong. Mm-hmm. the a team would also be bad, right? <laughs> right. But so I, I think that they are proficient, but part of what makes them proficient is doing exactly what they're setting out to do. And I think that kind of just, Watching them talk about doing things well, I I, I enjoyed it. I kind of like them. I I think Oscar Isaac is fucking amazing. Like like he's so he's so watchable. Really, and I I feel like in this movie he's like kind of
1: a wet blanket.
0: I I don't think he's given much to do, but I just I just find him incredibly watchable. And he just he just has like a charisma to him that even when he's not doing anything right or not necessarily being like the best dude, you're still like right, I'll watch some more of this. <laughs> like I, I just I just found myself. Being entertained by these characters, and I think that the story is pretty formulaic and does what all a bunch of other films do in the same way. But I feel like this is not the shit is hitting the fan in that more and more soldiers are coming after it. It's just
1: everything is going wrong.
0: Everything's going wrong, and I, I I found that really compelling just to figure out what was going to wrong go what was going to go wrong next, and what these characters. Like, they start this film by being, look, no one dies except for Lorea. We only do this if the family isn't home. Mm-hmm. We oh, – well, first of all, if I can sidetrack for a second. Please do. <laughs> Their rule is only Lorea dies <laughs> and we don't want to do anything if the family is coming home. They have no problem – of the family coming home to the house on fire with their dad dead in the burning building. Sure. But they don't want to shoot the dad while the kids are there watching. Mm-hmm. That was a little silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I can put that aside for a second. Like, they start off as being like, look, this is a crime that will hurt no one except for Lorea. <laughs> we'll just get our payday and go off. And then we'll just get out of here and then go back to being normal people, just having a lot of cash on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of liked just their their idea of like, oh yeah, it's a victimless crime, <laughs> let's just go do it. And the slow descent in the decisions they have to make, which spirals away from the this is a victim- victimless crime to this is uh, lots of victims and everyone feels shitty about how it's going sort of thing. And And I... I found the constant change in situations they were in to at least be entertaining enough to keep me invested in the characters and kind of watching each of them descend from being the one they think is the altruistic one or the one who's like always keeping their their head on straight to being like people constantly going against their morals or doing situations where they're like, I mean, this is what the mission calls for, so I'm going to do this. And then arguing amongst themselves as to who like committed which acts that were worse right like Mm -hmm. i i just found the situations they were in interesting and really just the idea that a mission can go so well that it's too well that it causes problems for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) was an interesting concept like i've never seen an issue or i've never never seen a film where the heist is too much stuff to heist (laughs) Mm -hmm. And due to the sheer fact that there's so much stuff to heist, people are having problems, right? Like, yeah. I I just found that interesting, and at least I thought the performances, while like the dialogue wasn't that great, I thought the performances were good enough for the experience that like I was drawn in and watching these characters and like caring what happened next.
1: And, and I, I should say, even though I'm I'm shitting on it as being kind of generic dad rock movie, like I mostly liked dad rock. It was it was good enough for what it had to be. I just. <laughs> I feel like given all the talent involved, like good enough shouldn't have been the bar. Like it should have yeah. been more than that. Um, I do think... So one thing that kind of tainted my viewing of it is while I started watching this, uh, Joanna next to me on the plane started watching Widows. And the compar- <laughs> the comparisons of like...
0: I mean, that's the, not really fair. <laughs> the
1: motives behind the characters, the the discussion of the weight of money and how hard it is to carry money. <laughs> like like there, there were things like that where I kept thinking... Damn it, she's got a better movie on, <laughs> um, and, and I could I couldn't stop picturing that. Um, I do think the on paper, I think this is a very interesting movie. Like, I agree. I think the the structure of the way they start on a high horse and slowly situation after situation causes them to descend in like causes them to compromise the values that they set up or at least modify the plan in a way that they don't like, yeah. leading to the question of how much is too much, when have we become the bad guys? Like That is all compelling on the surface. I think the way it is paced and acted doesn't really do justice to that at all. And part of it, I think, is that Ben Affleck, slash Roy from The Office with the bigger beard, um, <laughs> is like, he is so... Like, I don't want to give spoilers, but I think he tilts into moral bankruptcy like way too quickly for me to believe anything. Yeah. Especially as him ostensibly being the planner and the sober, careful, conservative one in the group. I think that is just a fuel for a lot of things in a way that I didn't buy. And that kind of annoyed me. Like, (laughs) most of the movie is basically just them cleaning up after his shitty decisions, right? Like, they all get dragon sickness or whatever. And, like, that's part of the problem. Um, Like, you know, their eyes are bigger than their stomach and things like that. But he is kind of, like, the representative of all of that for the whole duration of the movie in a way that kind of bothered me. Because then it, it felt like the more interesting route to take would be, like, how do these people work together when it is clear that there is, like, an unstable element in the group, like, someone who is making impulsive decisions. And they don't really explore that. Like they do it, but only to the degree of having a few kind of, like, fun bonding moments where they release the tension, and otherwise they don't do much with the idea. Yeah, And I just didn't believe the degree to which they fall throughout the movie, and I also think, like, even though this is a movie that is trying to be morally gray as hell, like, it is not Putting them on a pedestal like we are not supposed to be proud of what they're accomplishing like th- there isn't even ostensibly a really good reason they're doing this except for oscar isaac's like hey we're getting rid of a bad dude you know yeah um so i i didn't feel hoorah there but it still felt like the last act of the movie is only fun if you are willing to put on your hoorah hat and it was kind of hard for me to do that when i was like yeah but they're all like they all are kind of fucking suck by now <laughs> like yeah maybe maybe i don't want them to get off Maybe I don't want them to make it to the boat if even, like, a single person gets gunned down, you know? Like, <laughs> why should I Why should I want that? Like, yeah. they are at least as bad as anyone they're meeting. Um, and, it, like, that could be interesting. I think Catherine Bigelow would have made a pretty awesome movie about it. But this just felt like it, like, had a lot of cool source material and went for, like, the most bland, obvious route instead. So I didn't like that. Did like a scene about lighting money on fire. I liked a scene involving a mule. some of the action was cool but it was kind of like quickly done I I don't know it it was just kind of nothing for me
0: so one of the things that I thought was interesting or interesting relating to the like hoping no one else has to be shot over the course of this film is the idea of not just like the weight of money and carrying it but like the emotional weight and the value of money in various situations right like Mm -hmm. in a normal heist film you have like oh there's like $10 $10 million in here. We're going to get it. We're going to split it five ways. It's going to be great. And then like, if there's more money or there's less money, like that becomes a conflict amongst the group. And in this film, there is so much money, and everybody wants all that money, but they're constantly being put into situations where they need to spend that money mm-hmm. in order to fix or make up for or hand wave away an issue they're involved in. And it was... It was kind of interesting the way these characters plan on certain things, right? Like, there's literally a scene where they need to rent a helicopter mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can try to get all this money away. And the guy shows up in a little dingy plane, and he they hand him $2 million in, in bags. And he literally says, like, that looks like way more than $10 million over there, but it's cool. I'm not gr- – I don't know what he says, but he's basically like – he's like, but this is business. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> Right? Just the idea that, like, you could have so many hundreds of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're in a situation where you're trying to pay somebody a million, two million dollars. Like, I'm not a greedy person. But if you're in a situation where, like, somebody is relying on you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they literally have so much money, they cannot move it. It's like, why do they care? And why do you care? Like, right? it's well, like... I think
1: it's kind of a, it's like gambling addiction, right? It's that feeling that, like, I, I think the scenes in the house, and I don't know how much to give away. I, I should say I never watched a trailer for this movie, so I have no idea what was given away at all. Okay. Like, all of it, to me, I just learned in linear time as the movie played. Um, but when they're in the house, and the problem is that there's so much money, and there's this feeling throughout the movie after that of, like, I don't want to give away any of it. Yeah, to the point of irrationality. It's a lot like like gambling, right? Where it's like, yeah, I got this, but what if I doubled it? What well, if I doubled that? And like none of them know what they would do with two hundred fifty million dollars.
0: Well, one of them would buy whatever car he says he's going to buy. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ferrari, cool. So <laughs> knock off a hundred grand and then.
0: Keep no, it. So so the thing though is at at the beginning, as the mission is starting, I believe Ben Affleck line is: "We're not leaving any of this money for because at, at the at at this point in time." They have stormed the house, and they don't know where Larray is. So, like, they're like, we are not leaving any of this money for his entire organization. Um, We just take everything, right? Mm -hmm. Or or burn it down, right? So, like, I'm fine with the idea of we're specifically trying to rob this drug lord to disrupt whatever the hell the drug lord does. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm fine with, like, the greed of don't leave any for him. But there's some point, like, I... If I had $100 million or $200 million, I don't know what more I would get having double the amount than having the $100 million, right? Mm. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure if I had $100 million, I would be set for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know what your retirement plans are, but...
0: <laughs> they don't involve $100 million, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I just feel like there is some point where you can't get... Re- I mean, that, that's the problem with our country right now, right? <laughs> mm, hell <yeah. laughs> um, uh, Like I, I feel like there, there's not much more of a benefit. Like, they could have easily, from the beginning, just ditched some of the money and been fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just found that the, it's the actually str- a
1: metaphor for the seventy percent income tax.
0: <laughs> I mean, they got taxed a lot more than yeah. seventy <laughs> percent. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so. I, I'm I'm I just found it compelling watching them try to decide what was okay to lose in what situations. Like, there's a scene where Ben Affleck sitting at a table and being like, "This money is for this." This money is for this, and this money is for this. And I just thought that was an interesting thing. Being in a situation on either side of that table, deciding whether that was valuable or not, was like... I, I, I just thought those were interesting situations. Not saying the writing's the best in the world. I'm not saying that, that um, it did a good job making those points. It was just enough to make me think on my own in a way that made the film interesting to me.
1: Right. I, I think it's interesting, too, though I do... I can't name a comp, but I feel like there are heist-type movies where this has been dealt with before, like the idea of how much is too much and what are you willing to give up and what would it feel like to have to slowly do that math. Um, I I don't know. I I feel like this is a thing that has happened before, but I do do agree that's interesting and that— the fact that the premise was kind of interesting was enough to keep me going the whole way through. I was never, like, annoyed watching this, except yeah. for thinking that it should have been so much better than it was. Um <laughs> And I, I do want to say, by the way, when I was listing scenes that I like, there's a scene in an Apache that I really enjoyed. Uh Like, I think the logistics of how they are going to get out with the weight that they have, that that was pretty cool. I, I was on board for that part. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that maybe part of it too is that I would have maybe enjoyed this movie more if we got more upfront about Oscar Isaac's motives and like we learned a little bit more about that that drug lord. Like a, a lot of this would be cool if robbing that drug lord was the culmination of something we had felt rather well, than I mean, it, the obvious premise that's going to happen in the first half hour of the movie.
0: But it, it is. I mean, I mean, it's not that we get time to sit with it, but Oscar Isaac has in an official capacity been hunting and fighting against this guy's organization for the last like five years or whatever it's been Mm -hmm. so it's like it's lorea is his white whale right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. literally (laughs) um but so he's been trying to take him down and he's sort of in the, the like the normal vigilante thing right where he's like Doing it the appropriate way has led us nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I have this one informant who has given me one single piece of information that tips the tides. Um, There's and... money in the banana stand. <laughs> yeah. But ba- yeah, basically, it, it's, it's a thing where he has had this one chance. And it's not just that he has the chance. It's that he can quit all this shit because this one chance... Potentially equals a huge payday for him in a way that um, can allow him to retire, right? So sure. it's 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 combining the the government turned its back on us and the one last job <laughs> like mm-hmm. sort of thing all together into one sort of uh, situation, and I I just found that enjoyable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just had to... because he at least starts out seeming like a pretty ethically good character. I had trouble believing the, the like, immediacy of his decision to leap into this. You would think there'd be a lot of half measures. Like, if it were all about him not wanting to get law enforcement involved because he thought they were going to snitch, that'd be one thing. But it seems clear that money is, like, a big motivating factor in this in a way that is, like, does not that believable to me, given the sort of life he's been living up to that point.
0: Well, it—so— the initial idea is that there will only be $10 million that they'll find on this site.
1: I think it was $75 million. It was a high number that he talked about.
0: I thought it was something small. But either way... I think way, it was 75 and he
1: said with...
0: They would get a 20% cut. Yeah. Which would then be divided amongst the team of 5 Mm-hmm. So, initially, it was like, I finally get to get this guy. It's in conjunction with this government. Like, we could get a good payday. But, like... In the opposite of hey, if I had a hundred million or two hundred million, it wouldn't make much of a difference. If I had two million <laughs> mm-hmm. or any number more m- million than that, it would make a difference. I mean, yeah, in the Bay Area, you can't buy a house for <laughs> for sure. two million dollars. So uh, I could easily go like, well, well, yeah. So I can think of one thing that I could buy that would eat up all of the money, right? right? So like. If I'm going to do a heist to get a bunch of cash, I need more than two million dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Though they're also like planning to retire, and you can retire on two million. Like maybe you wouldn't live in the city. I
0: would have to leave the city.
1: Yeah, sure. But you got to think of interest, man.
0: Yeah, or just or die before I run. Intra- <laughs> interest
1: million. on two million, even conservatively, is like a hundred grand a year. Like you you basically got a salary for nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. But still, it depends on where you want to live in the city. Sure, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, they all seem to live in suburbia in some vaguely border city. I don't know. I don't know. Oh where yeah, it is. If, I,
0: if I had their life, where all I care about is whether or not I have a new truck. Which, first of all, that truck looked fine to me. Oh yeah, that's. A I'm fine not truck. a car guy, but like that truck looked relatively new, and the interior was not tore up. Yeah, like
1: I mean, Ben Affleck just needs like
0: a new beer fridge. <laughs> I just think that, like, if I had their lifestyle, I could definitely make do with $2 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, there was some some cosmic justice I liked, and it probably would get into too many spoilers to talk about. But there are – the way this movie ends with who has money and why I thought was, like, a clever bit of writing. Like, again, I think it's, like, a cleverly plotted movie at least. Um, there was There was, like, a reveal at the very end of the movie that I didn't – care about like i didn't get excited about that all at of all. A piece of paper <laughs> yeah um and like it was also kind of predictable but i don't know it,
0: it, well <laughs> what's funny is there's a point early on in this film not early on it's it's early on for the second half of this film where they're like i don't know if we can make it over that ridge and all i could think was like i mean why not just dump the money and come back for it later or fly over the ridge park the helicopter get out climb back over the ridge and carry the money back mm-hmm. and then start the whole process again
1: yeah yeah because i mean maybe there's nowhere to land that's near the ridge i I don't know
0: <laughs> i mean there's at least one farm that you could land in
1: <laughs> yeah we know how that turns out <laughs> yeah i don't know i i can believe that they would try to push it but it, it it's one of those things that it feels more like a parable than it does like an actual story like it's kind of like the greed getting the best yeah, of you. They
0: literally too, flew too close to the sun.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're basically Gollum and <laughs> Mount Doom, right? Like they're like they're doing this thing, and it's going to cost them everything. Uh, whatever it, it's fine. It's just very like empty <laughs> calorie viewing to me. Like it, and it my M sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A- empty calorie viewing. It was, it was it was fine for Netflix, but I know this wasn't like oh, yeah, Netflix is going to make an original movie. Like, this was like a fucking movie.
0: Well, and... so let so me ask you this question. I know that you already admitted that you watched the first half of this film on your phone on an airplane. Mm-hmm. If we were not reviewing this, and it was just a film that came out, maybe even in theaters, and then like three months from now, you were on some flight somewhere, yeah. and you hit like beep-boop, beep-boop-boop, you're yeah, on Triple Frontier. It's got Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac and those other guys, and you're just like, I'm just going to watch this for fun. Would it get the airplane bump for you, or would you also be like, "Well, that movie's kind of dumb"?
1: It would. It'd get a tiny bit of the airplane bump, but it would. It would just be like, "Oh, yeah, that, that passed through." Like, there's so many movies that <laughs> that fill that niche for me, like Salmon Fishing in the Yemen or whatever that fucking movie was. <laughs> there's all sorts of movies I watch on a plane that I'm like, "Well, at least it's two hours later now." <laughs> But it it wouldn't uh, get the
0: I still remember the trailer for that movie. It,
1: it it would not get the um the love and mercy bump, the one where I'm like, everybody needs to watch this movie. <laughs> no no way. I think it's just good enough to maintain interest. It I had a lot more fun watching uh, the Manchurian candidate like a couple weeks ago on a flight than I did watching this movie. <laughs> it's
0: cool. Yeah. Uh should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give the same must see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
1: So I. Like, I know I've been harsh on it, but I think this is the definition of a rental movie. <laughs> like, this is. It's completely. So the, both
0: literally and figuratively.
1: Yeah, it, it's completely middle of the road. Rent it if you want to pass the time. I don't think it is, like, especially bad at anything. I think it mostly delivers on what it should. It's just, like, if you want like interesting bigelow like darkness, you're not going to get that here. If you look at the cast and are like, "Oh man, they are gonna, they're gonna do something awesome with the characters," I don't think they do that at all. It's just a "what you see is what you get" type of movie, and it what it's brooding enough to be kind of fun, but I I don't think you're really getting anything else out of it.
0: Yeah, so I I think this film is completely watchable. This film's greatest sin is that you're watching this heist film and from the moment they stand outside the complex while it's raining if you check the time left on your playhead it will say an hour left of this film mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the biggest crime of this film like yeah. i th- i think it is this film is plenty watchable i enjoyed it um i like the performances enough for what they were um i'm still going to give it just a wait for rental um but i i had fun with it i like this film like i enjoyed it i totally 100% enjoyed it um yeah i i I don't feel bad that we watched it to review sure um i had fun with it and uh, hopefully somebody out there also has fun with it
1: (laughs) (laughs) this this is evidence of the the rating system being hard to gauge because you and i feel pretty different but we're both the same place (laughs) like maybe it's because i should be calling it pass but whatever it's a red i don't i don't hate it it's fine maybe
0: i should be calling it recommend (laughs) Mm, Um, But yeah, that is going to do it for this review of Triple Frontier. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: Uh, People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the show you can do so on overcast stitcher apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found if you want to know the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash facebook.com slash the or instagram.com slash the if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from the soundtrack maybe to Triple Frontier there's the definitely least. some like
1: classic rock dad rock music that
0: you can what, choose so, from okay, so this is um, a little tangent here yeah. um, as I've, I think I've mentioned multiple times on the show um, when I watch ne- only when I watch Netflix and maybe Hulu I, I watch with subtitles on mm-hmm. right um, obviously I don't watch I did that su- for this movie too I don't watch subtitles when I'm in a movie theater um, but, I, but I watch subtitles when I'm watching some of these streaming services and um, and it was really interesting when the subtitles included the title of the song mm. in certain cases. And other times it would just say heavy rock music playing. Mm. And other times it would be like Metallica. Yeah. Right? Like it, would, it would call out the song in only like two cases. And other times it would just say intense music plays or rock and roll plays. Um, so it was funny. Mm. Also thought it was funny that I was having a conversation about diegetic music and literally the opening of this film... Mm uses it so it was it was good timing um but anyways that is our review of triple frontier um we will be back next week with a review of us and potentially some other things
1: yeah multiples potentially
0: (laughs) bye